Before we get started on this week's episode, I'm inviting you to join me with a project. A couple of listeners to the Lisa Fisher Said podcast asked if I would devote one episode to an AMA format. That's internet and Reddit talk for ask me anything. So do that. Ask me anything by emailing me at lisa at lisafishersaid.com. Link is in the show notes. There is a C in Fisher. Now let's get started with the usual introduction. Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist in Arkansas who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the queen of Arkansas media. For this episode, I've got another successful intermittent faster. Susan Metz is a New Zealand native who lives in the U.S. now and is living her best life with her tremendous weight loss. You'll get to meet her right after this. Let's spend a moment talking about the deals you can get with an Arkansas company that I'm so proud to represent, Akles Carpet One Floor and Home, one of the sponsors of the Lisa Fisher Said podcast. I've known Richard Akel many years and his family, and I know the good work he's done. I know because I'm a customer. You could be a customer too by picking up the phone or just going to their website to get you can get more information. You can see the different products that we talk about, whether it's in their social media or right here or in a podcast that you're thinking, what is it? What's the magic behind the LVP? I too thought that was Lisa Vanderpump, had her own line of flooring. If you don't watch reality TV, you have no idea who I'm talking about. But for the rest of you, it's luxury vinyl plank. It's the stuff you want in your home to replace the flooring that maybe has been worn out by kids or humans or husbands or wives or whatever you have. And it's the stuff that not only is affordable, has interest-free financing for three years. Uno, dos, tres. Three years interest-free financing. If you don't learn anything else from this spot, learn this. Akles will beat the big box stores in their price, in their selection, definitely in their service. AclesCarpetOne.com. She won most talkative in high school, and she has been running her mouth ever since. Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast with your host, Lisa Fisher. Okay, Susan, I've seen your before and after pictures for intermittent fasting. You have to tell all my listeners how the magic has worked for you, and I need to know how much weight you've lost. Well, um, let's start. the magic has worked for me because it finally answered the question for what my body kept telling me what it wanted to do. But, you know, you have all these medical advice and all these experts telling you the opposite. And so I, I would sometimes try and listen to my body but not tell anyone. But then when I was on a routine, I would keep healthy and do all the right things and, well, eat three meals a day because I could never quite get to six. But um, <laughs> I got to six. I'm not a quitter. I got to six. Yeah. Oh no, no, no! That was just too much. Too much for too much thinking. Too much um, to get ready for. But I, in my early twenties, I got up to um, 210 pounds, 205, 210 pounds. Um, I was pretty much from the time I hit puberty, I started putting on weight. Oh really? Um, I hmm. was only maybe five kgs lighter at 12 years old than I am now. Um, so, oh, wow. Yeah, so it just assumes... Okay, do five kilograms, that is... I'm trying to think. That's about 
14 14 pounds. okay i thought about 12 or 14 pounds okay wow think, yeah and uh how tall a woman are you susan uh five five okay so that was a lot of weight on a person who's five feet five Yes, as one of my um, PE teachers told me when she, I tried to do a flip and she tried to help me. <laughs> I remember oh. that moment. <laughs> That's what she said to you? Well, no, she, it was more along the lines of, I think that will be the only one. I, um, I don't <laughs> think I'll be able to help you any further. <laughs> that was a real boost to confidence for... Oh, yeah, uh, especially uh, at 12 years old and that's in front right. of all your classmates. That's right. That's right. Wow. Uh, we don't realize our words are so valuable and can mm. really be very, very cutting. I mean, we can kind of joke about it now because you're on the other side and you've had this, you know, your after pictures, like I said, and we're posting all that. And some of the people are gonna watch this via YouTube. Uh, your friends will probably say, oh, that's Susan right there on the telly. And here we are watching. So you're in Baltimore, Maryland now, but uh, originally from New Zealand because you gotta keep uh, US measurements for me. You can't go metric on me because I'm going, let me do the math. I've um, got most of my US measurements for for my journey because um, it's just anything in the past when I was thinking in in metric. <laughs> right. So when did you move to the US? In uh, 2015, I came here um, to go to, well, you know, one of those things where you just suddenly want to change your life and you decide to sell everything up and go do university no, in another not country. not really, but I know that people do that, but that's just very drastic. <laughs> well, for, as a New Zealander, it's not. We're, we're very much travellers. Um, part of our coming of age is spending two years overseas, um, which I did as well. Um, I lived in, in London. So actually it was during that, it was with all of that travel that that was when I could stabilise my weight because I wasn't in a routine. I was busy doing things. I wasn't thinking about eating breakfast, lunch and dinner. Uh, and m more often than not, that's usually when I had some semblance of a plateau. Uh, but like I said, at my, my heaviest, I was 210. That was really, um, yeah, my early 20s. And then in between traveling and at one point I was working in a summer camp here in the US and just being overweight and too big and wanting change I um, in between my in the winters I would go home to New Zealand and I just decided this was the year I was going to make a change and it just happened to be that my mother and my sisters were on a diet where you um, it wasn't so much, it wasn't counting calories, it was more macros and just making sure you only had a certain percentage of starches right. and yeah. proteins a day. And I actually lost 50 pounds on that. Uh, wow. And Could that, you keep it off? I Mostly. Um, over the next 10 or so years, I would jump up and down, but I never got back up to 220. I think the highest I got up to was about 180. Uh and then I was diagnosed in 2011 with a massive fibroid, which kind of gave some understanding to everything that had happened <laughs> up to that point. Yeah. Um, and I had surgery for it. And then as you know, hormones do when they're going through something like that, um, bounced all over the place, but I was just on this energy high as soon as I had the surgery, after I had the surgery, um, it was like new life had been given back to me and I 
wasn't eating because I was too busy doing all these things and I lost another I lost about 20 pounds um, and then I, I realize now when I look back I was kind of I, I I don't like to use a term but I was dirty fasting without understanding what I was actually doing because I was right just, and for people listening that's the term we use when you are you're committing yourself to not eating but you might be consuming things that release insulin and we know that we understand insulin's role is not only to usher glucose to the cells, but also fat storage. So when people do dirty fasting, that might mean you have a Diet Coke during what you call a fast or you have stevia in something. So what was your uh, dirty fasting sin? Well, mine was more just that I wouldn't, didn't realize I was fasting. I just wasn't hungry, so I wasn't eating. And then I got to the point where, you know, I, I would, feel like I had to eat, I, sh- I should be eating. Or someone told me, you, yeah, you should Yeah, or well, I was eating. feeling a bit nauseous, so I knew I needed oh. to get something in. And so I'd eat a little something, and that's as much as I could get in, and then I was off doing something else. And it was, so it wasn't, there was no thought process around, I'm fasting now, because I just, I'd never come across that concept before. Um, it was just, I was too busy <laughs> to, to do things. Um, and then I, uh, I had a problem with iron imbalances and just from all of that. So I, I got that all straightened out. And then five years later, I decided to move here to the US. Um, went to university again, no routine. So was just doing eating when I could fit in time to eat. Um, but it was it was the in between years of um, you know ten years I was working in New Zealand routine I'd put on the weight a little bit more I'd come off when I would change and do something else um, and it was just this uh, yo-yo bouncing back and forwards between about 150 and 180 pounds over those years um, and then in 2018 my soon-to-be uh, mother-in-law introduced me to Jen Stevens, delay, don't deny. Oh, it's your mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we. My husband is an amazing cook, and we were probably seven months into our relationship at that point, and we were all sitting around the house, all the girls talking about how an amazing, amazing cook he was. And yeah. how much weight we were all putting on because of it. And <laughs> when you're in that kind of, when you're in a new relationship, you don't want to say, "No, I can't eat your food <laughs> because yes. I'm putting on too much weight." Um, and so that's when the, the topic came up. Her um, niece had been doing delay, don't deny, and it was just it was something about the way she presented it that had suddenly clicked in me. Wow, I can actually eat at night time. You know, all up to this point, any sort of time restricted eating was all about, you know, eat in the morning, finish eating by six pm. You know, all the circadian rhythm, all those kind of things. And it was like, I can actually eat at night time. That what that's what I've always wanted to do. And it just clicked. And I downloaded the book on Kindle. And within, I I didn't even finish a book before I started. I I started the next day. And I just ripped straight, the Band-Aid off. Band-Aid off 20 hours. 20 hours, really? 20 hours, and I was, and I've never looked back. And so yeah. that was 20, so um, is the husband an American then? So you were, yes. you're 
Okay, so you're yeah. one of us now. Well, I am. Welcome. welcome. Am. We're very <laughs> Thank nice. You. Uh, not as friendly as you, the other the, the New Zealanders and Australians, but we're 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 okay. Um, so he's an American. It's 2016. Uh, his mother, or 2018. Twi- so his yeah. mother then was she fasting already, or just telling you about it? Just telling me about it because she just heard about it, and we okay. both kind of started together. So, and then what has what, so what's your total success, Susan? How much? How I much am have now you lost totally? 130 pounds. Okay, um, perfect. The for your lowest height. weight I've ever been in my life before pu- uh, since puberty. Um, wow. When they always talk about, I've heard a lot about returning to your um, teenage high years, school. yeah, high school teenage years. years yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I never. I'm p- way past that. <laughs> So. <laughs> wow. So you yeah. are slimmer than you I am, were absolutely. As, as a teenager. So when mm-hmm. you were 12 and the gym teacher did not encourage you about, you know, your size and fitness ability. So your weight then crept up every a little bit for a few years during your mm-hmm. high school years, do you think? Absolutely. Yeah. Just life and just and, and the thing was, like I said, I'm not a breakfast or a lunch eater. So I'm not sure why or how, other than the hormones with the fibroid possibly having an impact. Um, but it just kept, it just kept adding up, and no matter what it did, I couldn't get it off. There was that period of the 50 pounds, but um, I know I, I tried the low-fat diet. I tried the uh, um, Body for Life. You know, so I've, I've right. done the exercise uh-huh. way. I've done it, uh-huh. the, and uh-huh. and just nothing seemed to work, <laughs> and until I got on that balanced diet. Right, and what you're saying too, though, Susan, is that those diets had plans that didn't really fit your body chemistry or design no. or style, and that's what people don't understand is our bio individuality. What works for you may not even work for your own. If you had a twin sister, you know, I mean because everybody's different. And so you wanted to eat at night, but you probably couldn't get any program that gave you the green light to eat at night. And you were thinking, exactly. but I'd rather eat at night. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I even at, at school, you know, I, I didn't want to eat breakfast. I'm not a cereal person. I didn't want to make lunch to take lunch. It just didn't interest me. I just- Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not, you know, as it comes to diet, I fat upsets me heavy fat load upsets me oh. uh, low fat obviously didn't work uh, yeah. just a good balanced diet as well I mean I was brought up on meat three veg and potatoes the typical British right. regime mm-hmm. and um, and and I, a big house full of kids and lots of mouths to feed um, we had what we were given and and you ate it and we ate it and, and right. that balanced diet of of good vegetables i think should have set me up for life <laughs> well again bioindividuality maybe that wasn't it just wasn't the right fit you know the hand and glove it wasn't the right hand or the right glove to fit and, for you and it's a whole um reaching teenage years and rebelling and and you know you want all the things all the pizzas and the fast foods right. that you haven't been, right. you've been denied for right. all those years because it sounded so good but it really wasn't because yeah. when you ate it you didn't feel any better no and not that's at all. what um i learned my, my friend laurie lewis who is uh 
a prolific intermittent faster yes, said, and we also say at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, you have to find the foods you love that love you back. Mm -hmm. And so for you, it was not what you'd always been told would be the foods maybe that would love you back because maybe they didn't work for you. So what time of day now do you open your eating window? So even the maintenance, I keep it at end of day, five o'clock. Um, so you prefer that? Because I can stay alert. I'm working during the day. Yes. And I, that alertness that I get is is too good to give up. I get so much more done than isn't that without crazy? The slump. And isn't that the opposite of what we've been told? Because breakfast was the most important meal of the day. Thank you, Dr. Kellogg, and you know sugar cereal manufacturers. Um, but the fact that we burn this, we we fire adrenaline. Our adrenals wake up. We fire adrenaline. We have so much energy. We're burning ketones for fuel. That we're so focused without eating people say no i can't because i'd get too hungry address that did you think in the beginning you would get hungry and weak and you couldn't do your work then no um i think because because jen addressed that in her book oh, what true. i did find was that um and, and again it was addressed in the book so i was ready for it was as soon as i did open my window i binged on anything i could get Starving. my hands on <laughs> and I was, and I just keep telling myself, this is fine. It's going to work its way out. It's, it's, and it did. After three weeks, my body adjusted and I no longer felt the need to binge. So, so you really were having a period of just overeating, you think, those first few weeks? Uh, well, not being, probably more not being prepared when my window yeah. did open with good food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although, I mean, not that we tend to have a lot of junk in our house anyway. Um, right. So, it, you know, it was more just what came to hand. <laughs> but don't you notice that, or for me, once I opened my window and that my brain, my pituitary tells the pancreas to release the insulin, I'm hungrier then on those first few bites than I am for the rest of the day or meal because then I get true hunger. I really, I can, I can buy some time and not eat and not eat and not eat but then when it's time to eat, I'm really hungry. Absolutely. and that's It's the why craziest thing. Yeah. And, and once I have to actually hold myself back because um, we do eat later. So I open with a snack and then later we have a meal. And I have to keep that in mind because this is just a snack. So just right. hold back because... You know, I'll be sharing a meal with my husband later and right. he made it, so he would be right. upset if I didn't eat it. <laughs> right. I did that the other day. I typically like a window from about two to six in the afternoon, but I knew we were having dinner with friends and it had been about 22, 23 hours and I knew the dinner was still a few hours away. So I was like, I just need some hummus. So I want some hummus <laughs> and gluten-free crackers, you know, to open my window. And then I remember thinking, I'm really hungry now. So I just had to stay busy until we went to dinner. And then I had, in fact, I had a cottage pie. I had uh, <laughs> yeah. English cottage pie because I just wanted something really hearty and good. Mm -hmm. It's funny, just as we're talking about, you know, good British foods or <laughs> down under foods, maybe they have it there too. Um, but it was the mindset of telling myself, Susan, of saying, simmer down. You know, don't eat anymore because we're going to have a proper dinner together with a group of people. And I was going to have a cocktail and I knew I would. But I knew it's funny, too. The regulatory process that happens once you start intermittent fasting, you really put the fork down because people say, oh, but I'm going to overeat. I say once you get to a point, you truly do put the fork down 
I swallowed because I'm thinking about that delicious food. And you don't, and you, or I don't want to overeat. And I, because I know I can eat it tomorrow. Absolutely. I can wrap wrap it up because it's so enjoyable. But all of a sudden, do you notice when you're full, you're full? Oh, absolutely. I I call it the body sigh. When you get get so far through the meal and then you suddenly, your body just (gasps) relaxes. Yes. And the next bite isn't enjoyable as the first bite. And you're like, okay. I've I've had enough. I'm I'm done. Yes, people need to hear that. They they say there truly is something physiologically that when we reach satiety, and that's the fancy term for satiated or full, that we go, mm-hmm. we exhale, and and it science has shown us, Susan, and you're telling it, the next few bites are not as delicious. The most delicious bites are those first bites of hummus I had and those first few bites of my cottage pie I was eating. And then, and I had some macaroni and cheese and I was sipping my cocktail and then I put the fork down, I was done. Mm-hmm. And as former overeaters, I was a former overeater because people told me I had to eat six times a day. And and when you're eating six times a day, you're never full. It's, it's the opposite. Or empty your plate or Yes. See, it's got to be eaten. It can't be thrown away. (laughs) If it's on your plate, that's right. It has to be eaten. And I just tell myself, I have to have have this pep talk with myself. I'm going to eat that tomorrow. It's fine. I don't have to have it now. I could throw away or throw out the last few sips of something. I, you know, if there's a little glass, if there's two sips left of my wine glass, sometimes I'm like, oh, but I have to drink it. And I I tell myself, I mean, it's like I'm telling my boss, my body who's boss. Mm -hmm. I take it and I throw it away in the sink and wash the glass out and then put it in the dishwasher or whatever I'm going to do because I don't have to have it. Exactly. I mean, the first, I remember, I distinctly remember the first time I hit that that point where appetite correction and we got we were having a meal and I had a glass of wine and we had a cookie aside for dessert and um a I, biscuit isn't that what you call a biscuit a biscuit, a biscuit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten used to translating right I love although it although I have it. got my husband saying a few kiwi terms as well but <laughs> so cute um but we were we we nearly finished the meal and I'm just like I just can't have another bite and do you know what I can't finish my wine either I'm just I'm right. done right. and and then later on my husband came to bed and said um, well, I ate your cookie but <laughs> <laughs> I love that about him <laughs> yeah. good old American right there there's food on the just... table they're gonna get it <laughs> but the funny thing is over time um, even though he doesn't do intermittent fasting he's been a, my biggest supporter but he doesn't do it himself. He, he naturally does it, but not in any right, um, big right. way. But his appetite has been corrected as well. Where the, the meals he serves up are half the size that they used to really? be. Really? Yeah. We, and he's had to really tone down the size of like the food he makes. And we, all, we were talking the other day, like how much like we used to get meat and it used to do what he used to cook it all in one meal and now it's been spread over three or four meals um so aren't the cost savings impressive when you do intermittent fasting <laughs> yes and the shopping the and the shopping, shopping. right, <laughs> right. Uh, my grocery trips are just for one meal a day and then sometimes my husband mm-hmm. might have lunch because that's the way he does it my husband uh, doesn't I mean need to lose a pound you know but mm. he 
just naturally kind of does it. Um, but he probably has more frequency of eating than I do. But just the amount of food that we've reduced, the amount of waste you reduce mm-hmm. because you don't buy as much. Yeah, well, and we and just, also just the mindless trips to pick up French fries at the drive-thru. Just yeah. not going to do it. I don't need it. Yeah. I, I mean, we, we now, he'll make dinner and then he'll take leftovers for lunch the next day and then I'll have any excess list leftovers as good to open my window and so really we're making one meal last for for the whole day isn't That's, that crazy yeah. now does he eat breakfast still no. no the only time he in his the the job he does um has him cooking for his clients so sometimes he'll join them but um, unless he's in that situation, he he doesn't. And he actually per- was like that when I when I oh, first met him. Okay. Um, okay. And I was the one telling him he needed to eat more <laughs> because uh-huh. that's what I'd been told. That's right. <laughs> now, is he a professional chef then? No, no. He just works okay. with one on one with clients. So. Okay, but they like it when he's cooking. Yes. <laughs> Sounds like everybody like does. It. <laughs> right. Okay. So did his mother in law end up losing weight with yes, intermittent she fasting? Did. Yes, she, she did? did. Yeah, she she got to gold before I did. She had a lot less to lose, but yeah, she she still does it. We both do it, um, and then I've introduced a lot of people to it. My pe- my parents in New Zealand both do it. They're in their seventies. Um, their their meal is during the day. They're in lockdown at the moment, so they meet up with my uncle and go for a walk on the beach with their latte and their snack, and then they come back and have lunch. And that's so that's, cute. Yeah. <laughs> I love the little routines people get with it, mm-hmm. you know, like that, just knowing or uh, I've heard Jen Stevens say, now I know hers has changed and mine has too. And I think we all go through a metamorphosis, but she would open her window at like maybe four or five o'clock with olives and hummus, a little snack, you know, it's just <laughs> the rituals we like. And I think that kind of is indicative of the American or just maybe human culture is that we are creatures of habit. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of our eating and consumption is based on just what we've known and it gave us comfort. But if you can pull back, you realize, I really just don't need all that food. No. And our our tastes have changed over time as well. Absolutely. Um, I never, I I didn't drink coffee for 20 years because um, when I was 21, I stopped drinking it because I couldn't drink it without milk and sugar. I found it too bitter, or definitely the sugar. Uh, and then I was listening to Jen and Melanie talk about the benefits of, uh, of coffee and autophagy. And so I thought, you know, I really do feel like something different. I'm going to try coffee this morning. And I've been drinking it every morning since. And again, black. You drink it black, black every day? Black. Yeah. And my husband always had it with sweetener and creamer. And I, I wasn't eating it, so drinking it. So I didn't, I stopped buying sweetener. If he wanted it, he had to go buy it. So he stopped buying it. And then there was a period where I couldn't drink milk. I was having issues with milk. So I stopped buying milk for him. And now the first time he he said he he drove to work and he went, this coffee tastes so good. I can't believe I wasted (gasps) all these years drinking it with creamer and sugar. And yeah, we're both black coffee drinkers now. People right now are turning off their devices saying that cannot be true. Black coffee can't be good. So many, I'm just not a coffee drinker anyway. So none of it, I don't like the bitter profile, but the people who've made the switch like you have, they've left the candy coffee 
mm-hmm. um, and they're drinking black coffee. Black coffee, ha- uh, scientifically, we have research on this that has shown that it helps us, our bodies reach autophagy, which you and I can talk about easily, but some people may not know. It's that magical time in your body where your body is self-cleaning. That's what autophagy mm-hmm. is, autophagy. Uh, means and it's it's a magical time because as you know it reduces risks of dementia, type two diabetes, even cancer patients are told now go home and fast so you can reach autophagy. Well, you're getting there quicker with that nasty old bitter black coffee you're drinking. <laughs> and that's the only reason I I tried it again was because of those benefits and it's it's those benefits and it's autophagy that keeps me my maintenance window where it is because I want as much of that as possible it's not the weight loss I don't need to lose any more weight but I want the health benefits yeah right and that's what we we really have all come to the table I think we I hope that's what people walk away with it's a health plan with the side effect of weight loss and that's what Gene Stevens has famously coined because I don't think we need to be some skinny society. Like, I, I don't think, as we know, as our bodies age, we might hold on to some weight. You know, I weigh more than I did when I was in high school, but I'm slim. I'm just the weight I am. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. I'm, I don't do this so I can be, have a smaller number on the scale as much as just to feel better. And so that's why I, I want some people to get the number out of their mind. I and mean, that's why Jen Stevens says she got rid of the scale Mm-hmm. because it was not indicative of her tremendous weight loss success. And she went from 210 to about 130. She's probably about your size. I think she says she's 5'4", uh, but small. she has a real small petite frame. Mm-hmm. And when the scale told her she'd only lost, I think it's two pounds and it was two sizes, she said, well, be gone, forget it. I mean, you, you know, she was in a zero. She's now like a double zero, she's really small. <laughs> Hi friends, as you can see, I have a lot of enthusiasm about intermittent fasting. That's because it changed my life and the way I think back in 2017. In fact, it's infected every part of my life now in lowering our insulin loads that I became a student at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition in New York. And now I have my certification as an integrative nutrition health coach. That means that I'm seeing clients. I can do that through, obviously, Zoom calls. You can do that through FaceTime. You can do that one-on-one in person. And if you're interested in becoming a client of mine, you can just email me, healthcoaching at lisafishersaid.com. We'll put that link in the show notes, healthcoaching at lisafishersaid.com. Now, back to the program. But, you know, just to show you right there that our, we're too hung up on that arbitrary oh. number. I mean, I hate to say that, but it's true. And it's, and it's true. And you have so much emotion, emotional baggage around that number. And I and actually, that was one of my benefits of moving here to the US because I moved from the metric system to the imperial system. Yes. And, um, so I, I, I deliberately made the change to pounds on my scales because I didn't have any emotional baggage around pounds. It was just That's a number. That's interesting. It's a um, new number. It's, it's just a number on a, yeah, on a yeah. yeah. And right, that's good. Um, and the same with clothing. Clothing sizes in New Zealand are, are right. completely different. Right. I mean, I lost a dress size. I lost a digit just by getting on a plane. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was, right. I was, I was a You're size fourteen, already. and I was that's an eight right. when I got here. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah. So, so again, clothing sizes lost any emotional attachment to the number on the label because 
it was it was just a size that I had to buy. I mean, now I'm really excited about going home because as an adult, I will never have dre- gone into dress shops looking for clothing at the size I am right. now. So. Right. And you feel better flying and getting mm. around and just being slimmer. The slimmer Susan is probably yeah. more comfortable in her skin. How often do you weigh, Susan? I kind of I jump on every morning, but it's just you do. I, I just because it's there. Not I'm trying to step away from doing that, but it's just yeah. more of an interest point. You know, making sure that yeah. it's not going up, rather than worrying about whether it's going down. Let Let's say it goes up. Mm-hmm. In hindsight, being 2020, what do you think that is? Sometimes you think it's some. Do well, you think it you've overeaten or hormonal or the foods? You, again, you you love the foods that love you back. You didn't the foods didn't love you back. What do you think? Well, I actually just have been through that period over the last, really the last year, but predominantly over the Christmas period because we were going through, we got married last year and then there's a whole um, green card, the immigration process of having me stay here. And, and that is stressful in its own. But you add COVID on top of that, and you're trying to get right. paperwork out of government departments that have closed oh, down. Oh gosh! And just everything, and then uh, my uh, my current employment lapsed because of the timing and not being able to to work even. And luckily, I, they held my job. But um, just having all of that stress, I did actually my weight did go up about six to eight pounds. Um, and I just keep telling myself, this is stress, this is cortisol, this is what it does when it's all, there's a light. And when that light arrives, it will take care of itself. And sure enough, like literally three weeks after we got um, the, the my employment back and got everything worked out, the weight just dropped off. It just disappeared without me something? having to change anything. People really need to hear that, Susan, what you're saying is, our bodies have protective measures to pre- not knowing that we're going into battle, you know, mm-hmm. not knowing. So we release this cortisol that gives us that tire, you know, spare tire around our waist is where a lot of people notice it. Or just, um, you just feel fluffier. Mm-hmm. And it's just your cortisol, it's your body communicating with you and it's time to stress. Now your stress, you were able to it was alleviated by the paperwork being absolved, you know, the job situation being secure and all that. Some people uh, who really struggle <clears throat> sometimes are in the middle of a crisis and they don't really see the end. Mm-hmm. And that's where maybe put the scale away for a minute. Yes, absolutely. You know, yeah, just don't take care do anything of you. Because it derails you more. That scale yells louder than any P- PE teacher could have ever done. Mm-hmm. yelled at you, you know, because of, like you said, the emotional baggage. And since we're all the imperial system where I am in my family, I'm not going metric. <laughs> you know, maybe I need to go metric to have a new number. <laughs> got, go, although the, the pounds is a smaller number, so <laughs> right. change shows the oh, difference okay, quicker. <laughs> okay, yeah. So anyway, it's just something that we have to remember that our bodies, I mean, the Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And in that, sometimes our bodies are doing things that are were really designed thinking it was protecting us, but sabotage is what our designs are, our desires. I've told this before, but it, um, just talking to you, it reminds me at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, where I've been a student, um, one of our instructors was from New Zealand and told a neat story about how um, she had been a runner and she was a health coach and she had some clients and she had this one client 
who came to her and she had uh, trained for the New York City Marathon. And during her nine months, which is pretty long to train for something, but she'd seen her as a, a client for nine months. She had filled out her food diaries every day, turned them in, logged 40 to 90 miles a week running. She gained 27 pounds. Wow. Her body was saying, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. And you so can't, the, you can't gain that much muscle mass from. No, 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 no. You couldn't run. Your legs are harder to run. I mean, it's harder to run. No, not at all. You really would slim down or you would develop. And we know that muscle and fat, you know, five pounds of muscle weighs the same five pounds fat, but the muscle takes up less space. But she was not in there, you know, cheering herself that she had even lost inches. No, she gained 27 pounds. And so the girl from New Zealand, who was our instructor, said that she was with um, a wellness facility in Manhattan and those people were doing Tai Chi every day for 20 minutes, which is slight, slight movement that you're kind of thinking, I shaved my legs for this. Like, this is really a thing. 20 minutes of Tai Chi and then, or maybe they did like a 20 minute walk in one class of Tai Chi. And the New Zealand instructor said her clothes fell off her. She, she was doing less. And so that's what people need to be not so hard on themselves and maybe to accept the fact that you are going through a cortisol struggle mm-hmm. and that maybe it's just go outside, get sunlight, mm-hmm. walk around for 20 minutes, breathe in that fresh air and that's it. But find the know, thing that, was, keep, that gives you calm. So was so in the U.S. we had this big push in the '80s and '90s with aerobic activity, gym memberships. Jane Fonda was a thing in the '80s, 40 years ago. I remember in college, we were all doing Jane Fonda, scissor kicks, and all these things. High impact, terrible on our knees. And so I think we've moved away from that in the U.S. But was that a thing globally? Like, do you remember? Oh. In a, New- in New Zealand, were they also running and oh, killing it? And- they're still okay. doing it. New Zealand is very body conscious, very, oh, like, really? very much into um, exercise and being out and about. And it's a whole outdoors kind of lifestyle. Oh, but, yeah. you know, to be after work, to come home and be go for a run around the streets to see people out running not with dogs not taking the dogs for a run just out going for a run running up the stairs yeah Yeah. doing exercise physical activity in front of you know just out in public is is just common you don't you don't think twice about it I mean I I trained for I did two half marathons in New Zealand even at the weight I was at really I I wanted to cross the Auckland Harbour Bridge and you only get to do that if you join the marathon (laughs) wow so but the second time I did it when I got I did it right after I had the fibroid surgery and um, I didn't realize I had an iron deficiency at that point and I got to the end of it and I was like I've just run up a half marathon I should be feeling amazing and all I I just wanted I was just depleted I had tired it wasn't even like uh, there was no even energy left to celebrate what I'd just achieved right no adrenaline no adrenaline no nothing and Hmm. it was just it shouldn't be like this you you know you, you 
which also is a good point for people to hear that we blame everything on depression because it's easier for a doctor to write a prescription mm -hmm. for an antidepressant than to really dig deep and find out. So how did you get to the point where somebody, were you, were you then telling your healthcare provider, I'm not right? I did actually, I did. And it turned out I was, I was severely deficient in um, B12 and iron. Um, and what caused that? Was that from blood loss after the surgery? No, it, I think it was more to do with um, with just having the fibroid. I, I called it my little vampire. I was equivalent to five months pregnant for two years. Is that right? I just didn't know that. That's why that that the what I thought. How many was, pounds? How many pounds was that fibroid, or were they? It was about seven hundred and fifty. Um, 750 grams so i'm not sure that would probably oh, be you around lost me on that one one i just had a pounds that's a lot i had yeah. a friend who just they her abdomen was getting bigger and she, she was like well i'm gonna have to have liposuction and went to her doctor and he goes i can't help you because he said you need an ultrasound you have fibroids mm -hmm. and so it's just and it totally depleted her yeah i, I went downhill so fast the five weeks between being diagnosed and having the surgery I was literally just, I would come home, sleep, get up, go to work the next morning. I'd have to come home in the afternoon to have an afternoon nap to be able wow. to go back to work and finish off the day and then come home and go straight back to sleep by the time And so I, what year was that, Susan? 2018, March 2018. Wow. And so then your weight loss journey in earnest with intermittent fasting was how much after that? It was five years after that. I really, okay. yeah. Okay. Five years. Sorry. Wait, 2013? No, seven, years, seven years after that. Wait, so, so you started, I'm sorry, what was the year you I had the I started intermittent in? fasting in 2018 and the right, surgery the, was in 2011. Oh, 11. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well so, then, so did you feel bad that whole time until you started intermittent fasting? No, I was just living, like, I mean, I, my weight would, okay. would go up and down according to what I was, I was doing at the time. I mean, immediately after the surgery, I, like I said, I dropped 20 pounds. Um, and then once we got my iron and uh, B12 sorted out, um, it was, it, you know, my energy levels started coming back up again. And then, it, so it was just this roller coaster of up and down, up and down. Yeah. But yeah. I never got back up to the two well over the 180 mark yeah yeah but still 180 was too much for your frame oh absolutely you yeah. just felt like it was too yeah. much okay one thing i love to talk about are people's non-scale victories mm -hmm. we call them nsvs mm -hmm. in the intermittent fasting biz uh but what were what are some of your nsvs that not we're not looking at the scale but some yep. things you think intermittent fasting allowed me to do this what is it oh it's the little things like um just you have this image in your head of your when you've always been big, that's the image you carry in your head. And even when you lose the weight, you know, that, like, I still have this image in my head of 180-pound Susan. And just walking out, I had an experience last week where I was first time out in public at work, at a work conference, walking out of the restroom stall and seeing this body in front of me, reflection in the mirror. And it's like, wow, she's really small. That's me. Oh my goodness! Okay. Um, just what a great victory! Yeah. Putting an apron on or anything that's a belt and tying it up, and, and suddenly the the distance is so much shorter. Um, mm -hmm. Just the, the wearing a big belt and not worrying about how the big bow is going to make you look bigger. <laughs> mm -hmm. Just mm -hmm. all those little things. Um, 
I yeah, just, you can wear horizontal stripes and it wouldn't, hor- you wouldn't look absolutely. wide. Absolutely. <laughs> I do. I've bought, gone out and bought horizontal stripes. There you the go. The time. rest of us, not so much, but no. That's um, great. Yeah. My, my husband about, was. Uh, yeah. There is one thing that question that keeps coming up for women, guys, you can close your ears, um, is, is how does it change uh, breast size? I am naturally <laughs> a larger girl when it comes to breast size. Yes. I lost the weight there, even though I swore to my husband it was never going to happen because it never has. And it never has with anyone else in my family until I saw my mother after she'd been doing intermittent fasting. And I went, oh, well, well maybe I'm wrong. Um, but I did. I dropped two sizes. And it was about that time I was going for a, um, a, my mammogram. And they were looking very deflated. <laughs> but it was like, hey, I've lost all this weight. It's okay. I've got lost all my, I can deal with this. I can hide these. <laughs> um, they bounced back. I'm happy really? to say. And actually, yeah, I wasn't the first person to notice that. But yes, they did. Yeah. At 46 years old, they bounced back. That is unbelievable. There are yeah. cosmetic surgeons right now listening going, <laughs> she's going to run me out of business. Yeah. No, they, they, they did repair themselves autophagy for the win (laughs) yeah and that's it autophagy has so many and i i mean i say that unicorn magic about autophagy what it does and um the other so one thing autophagy does we know it lowers the insulin load Mm -hmm. and so we're now seeing that insulin not blood glucose but insulin is probably the reason for our demise our physical demise our um, mental demise Mm -hmm. you know they're seeing that dementia patients only like 10 percent of them maybe i think it's a statistic have a familial link from family 90 percent was lifestyle and we know with lifestyle it's high it's these insulin levels so by keeping your insulin levels low or what was what's good for your body you maybe haven't lost some of the tissue that dissipated or some other things that might happen to somebody else. It was kind of like when Oprah, so here in the U.S., Oprah did this big diet in the 80s. I don't know if it was worldwide, but it was all the thing. Oh, yes. And so it, it was, was worldwide. It was like, it was like Metafast, <laughs> yeah. right? She she drank something and she came out and she looked like she had been deflated, like mm-hmm. a balloon just... <sighs> and that's the thing about intermittent fasting. It doesn't produce a gaunt look. No. We still have collagen in our cheeks. I'm looking, you know, I'm thinking about myself or in our hands or in our body. It's just, it's I, the exact opposite of what a diet does. And I get so many times, I, I'll, you know, we've been in lockdown for a long period. I'm seeing people for the first time really since I got to goal. And the first thing they always say to me is, is your face is glowing. You're, you're glowing. I and know. it's not the Isn't weight that loss that they notice first. Yeah. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. That's a great perspective. And that's the other thing. So many people gained weight during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And you probably lost the brunt or much of yours or kept it off yeah, since I, the pandemic, right? I reached goal. I was a very slow loser. I lost about half a pound a week. Um, but I reached goal in May, 30, 31st of May last year. Um, just in time because 2020 
2020. Right. Yeah, okay, because okay. Um, I'd gone dress shopping, wedding dress shopping in February. It's a great motivator for getting, yeah. you know, I had hit a plateau. I was like, no, I've got to bump this. So I, I gave up sweets. I um, tried to trim my window down. Uh, I've got to, I've got to get goal by my wedding is, this was just a, it was always going to be a small intimate wedding before, even before COVID with the big wedding to come later, which we've had to delay. Um, But I wanted to make sure I got to goal by, by my first wedding. And so 31st of May, I reached goal. And now I get to look at my wedding photos. There's another non-scale victory. I get to look at my wedding photos and I love my wedding photos. And it's, oh, that makes you want to cry. Yeah, I That's so sweet. Because it's so often, how you know, you, you're whatever weight you were when you got married, and those are the photos you've got to live with for the rest of your life. Yeah, that, that's and a good point. I, I, do, I love my photos. <laughs> what size gown did you get? Um, Well, it was an, it was a, I actually ended up, <laughs> this is what was so funny, I actually ended up getting a large because it was online and I knew I had to accommodate the top uh, half and it was yeah. a dress uh, it was way too big <laughs> the things kiwis will do when we need to just get things done so on my <laughs> wedding day we have a photo of my dress clipped together with a bat at the back with a bag holder holding the bag together oh, so that like my dress stayed up <laughs> lays potato chip bag yeah. okay great yeah just to hold my dress together because i couldn't go in and get it resize wow and that's what really the models do because you know when you see the models in the photos mm-hmm. they're like a size zero but they're wearing something that's a four and they clip them, you know, clamp it together is what they say in the back so that you were just a high fashion model yeah, that day go. and i had my veil covering it and i was like what oh, at that point perfect. i was just like just let's get this thing done let's just get married yeah, <laughs> yeah. let's just get this done um i know a lot of people ask you and it doesn't really matter but i would like to know some of the things you like to eat because people always want to know well what do you eat do you eat sweets do you drink wine you know so i'm asking you you quit sweets for a minute i did in order to reach a goal again another non-scale victory i used to love baking as a kid i had you know you give it up in all those years of trying to get your weight down and so i've rediscovered my love of baking um, oh, good. My my husband has introduced me to. I'm a very science minded person, so he oh. introduced me to America's Test Kitchen and Cooks Country. Yes, yeah, good. Yes, <laughs> and I've just gone crazy on baking everything and anything American out of these books. Um, oh, so that's I love, so exciting! So I love to bake. He's the cook. I'm the baker. Um, I cook all our own. I do all our own bread. Um, so I'm just getting back involved in the kitchen with with things I love leaving him to do what he loves. Um, I So I do eat sweets, um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's like a three-bite piece. It's not the big American-sized plate of sweets. And um, it's window-worthy. You're not eating it just to eat it. You're eating what you really, really want, and what made, sounds delicious. I made with my own hands, especially when it comes to bread. That's just so satisfying. Oh, my gosh, my mouth is watering. (laughs) And um, so we we try to stay away from processed foods. We shop the outside of the the store. Grocery store, right. Um, Mm -hmm. But we eat a lot of American foods. Um, The cheesesteaks, he's from Philadelphia. 
Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> cheesesteaks, the homemade hamburgers. Um, he loves his rice and beans. Rice and everything with rice and beans. Stir fry oh, really? with rice okay. and beans. Okay. Jambalaya. Po' boys. Yeah. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He's into his. Me. So he's from Philly, though, but he st- likes some Cajun foods. Yes. New Orleans. Yeah. Cajun Whenever foods, he gets yeah. introduced to something else, he has to figure out how to make it. <laughs> so, Good. Yeah. And then you're seeing then a well balanced diet for you. It does include and, carbs and, and he, meats. Yeah. And he has actually increased my uh, my protein intake. He's a man. He cooks a lot more with protein. Yeah. Sure. Um, beans. I hated beans. But again, it was one of those things I knew I needed more fiber in my diet. He loves them. Yeah. I, okay, I'm going to. And when my parents came for a visit right before the uh, pandemic, my mother made me eat one one forkful. <laughs> From then it was like, okay, if I just do one forkful each meal, I'll get to it. So um, So you're looking at that from a nutritional component, not a diet not axiom or a rule. You're doing it for the nutrition, you know, because beans have fiber. Yes, it's, it's good for my body. This is what I, I yes. need. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so are you, and I know you are by listening to, you're pickier than, you know, we talk about what's window worthy. Is it worth the, you know, when someone offers you your favorite meal and it's three in the afternoon, you have to decide, is it window worthy? So. Have you noticed that transition into really oh, yes. eating the food, really good foods during your window? Mm-hmm. And and but if someone, if I am out and about, and even during um, my my journey, um, if it was a special occasion, I would extend my window. It was one day. It was you know I'm here with these people celebrating or doing whatever I'm doing. Yeah. Tomorrow's another day. I've got the rest of my life to get to goal. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, uh, that's right. But, but I'm living life right now. So um, that what, was... What time of day was your wedding? It was at one o'clock in the afternoon with 90 degree weather. <laughs> no. So then did you not eat at the reception or did you then? No, I did. I did. I had my window. Okay. I had to have my glass of champagne. I mean, yeah. I, I was drinking wine. I've only recent uh, February this year, I've actually stopped drinking but that was again more because I realized I was having issues with sleeping. Um, it's actually my electrolytes yeah. issues. So I, I'm building up my electrolytes, magnesium. And so now I can enjoy the occasional glass of wine. But I, I if I stop eating or drinking anything, it's, it's because my body's dictating it. Yeah. And they say that changes throughout our life too. Mm-hmm. That what works now in five years may not be what works for our bodies and you also mentioned about the processed foods if people only understood <laughs> what is involved in the manufacture of yes. these what we call franken foods it's to keep you hungry mm-hmm. and the cow when we slaughter the cow and and bring him to the grocery store and he, he's a steak he wasn't developed so that you would eat 15 burgers but lay's potato chips sure were <laughs> that you'd eat 15 thousand <laughs> potato chips so and seeing that again if we go back to the term satiety there's more satiety in the outer perimeter of that grocery store and that's what i love hearing i have one client who's gone from 360 us obviously to about 280 now he's a chef wow. a very well known chef in the state 
And he, he called me one time and said, I'm really mad at you. I said, why? And he goes, I crave Brussels sprouts now. You know, I go, I'm sorry. He said, I really, he wanted highly nutritious foods. And he called me last week with my favorite non-skill victory. He said, I used to have to get out of the shower and put a beach towel around me. He goes, now I can use just a bath towel, it fits. And I thought that's almost too much information, but you know, I thought it was just such a good, picture to all of us that he's gone from the really big towel to just a normal size towel oh. and then he can fit in normal size you know seats and stuff like that yeah just i mean i remember that just being able to get to the point where i could put a towel around me and and you know, latch it in no, and it would not stay. have a gap yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i yeah. just there's so many okay when you were let's go back to when you were uh, reducing through mm-hmm. really hardcore intermittent fasting did you you wait every day, did you, because the thing that people need to understand, and this is what the same chef, he'll call me and go, I'm up four pounds. And then the next day he's down four pounds. And so I said, well, simmer down, you know, don't get excited. Could You could have eaten something. You could have, you may not have pooped that day. You may, I mean, I don't know. You could have had wine. I don't know. It could be something. But did you, when you weighed every day, when did you get to the point, Susan, where you didn't panic when you came up a couple of pounds, when you realized it could have been hormonal or something you ate? I guess I used the Fitbit app. I, that's the only app I oh, used. Good, I didn't yeah. use a, um, any window app or I didn't track my fast or anything. Um, it was just five o'clock, that was the time. Um, so I would just log my weight every day and then the Fitbit app shows you your downwards Yes. Um, so I could yes. track it rather than just relying on the number that I saw that day. Yeah. 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 Because this is why I was trying to tell him. I said, if you weigh every day, do a seven day average, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. and mark it that way. Because I said, otherwise, you'll call me and say, this doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, and I go, well, don't look at me. I'm not doing anything. And it is what's funny with some of my clients. They, I have one who, you know, he's lost 10 pounds, which I think is great. But his mind, because he knew the chef, by now he wanted to have lost 30 or 40. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> and I mean, I don't get a commission. I don't care if he doesn't do it, but I just think, give your body some time. Mm-hmm. Because you were saying half a pound a week. I need to tell him about you, a half a pound a week. So in a month, you might just lose two pounds? Yeah. Yeah, it took 18 months to lose 35 pounds. Wow. So that just shows you that we're all so different. I'm going to use you as an example. I'm going to send him this podcast episode. Please do. And tell him to listen. Because it it is encouraging to know that slow people still lose weight. Mm -hmm. And some people have fast weight loss. And here you are at your goal weight, smaller than you were in junior high, middle school, high school, you know, or whatever those grades were till now. So what, have you been back home? Ha, have you been to New Zealand since you've lost the weight then? No, no, because we've okay, been in- because after that lockdown and everything. And New Zealand's been closed, so. So they're really, they're not they're not letting anybody in, are they? Oh, well, they are, but it involves two it's weeks It's like a 14 day. Yeah. 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 That'd be hard. And That'd expensive. Hard. So, <laughs> Yes, and, right, because you have to go to a hotel, don't you? Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to go someplace. I just saw a family do that the other day. I thought they were sick. I thought that's what they meant. 
<laughs> and they said, no, we've been now released from quarantine and we can get out and about. Yes. And I went, wow, 14 days in a hotel. That's a lot of money and a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Well, Susan, you're doing great. You're encouraging people with your story and keep telling it. And this is just your second podcast Yes. Interview, is that correct? That's right. Were you on Graham Curry's? Is that where? That was the first. Because it was my my producer, Darren, was the one who said, we've got to get this girl, you know, (laughs) and we love Graham. I've interviewed Graham and also he's, is he Australia? Yeah, he's Australian. No, he's a New Zealander who lives in Australia. He is in New Zealand. Okay. Yeah. Which is very standard, typical for all of us. I remember a statistic when I was in... um, in high school, something like when there was three million people in New Zealand, there were actually six million New Zealand passports. Oh, but all the people, okay, the, all the New Zealanders who, li- the, who didn't live in the country, that's how many. <laughs> <laughs> that's how, how, how we travel. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I love that. I didn't know that there was a two-year incentive or something to get people it's to do more something. Just what we do. It's just cultural. Yeah, it's cultural. just cultural. Yeah. 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 Well, our cultural uh, norms are overeating and uh, sitting in front of our devices too long. So we're trying to change that one person at a time. Okay, Susan, great. You keep going and um, you keep you keep telling everybody and I'm going to shout it with them. You've done a great job. Thank you very much, Lisa. Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes and leave a review, won't you? The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by ClantonCreative.com.